In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our journey in Lent thus far has been about war with the devil. Lent begins with Christ's victory in his own temptation in the wilderness. And this power, the power of this victory, pours out in the second week's lesson with the healing of the Canaanite woman's child and the exercising of the demon afflicting. This morning's gospel lesson begins again with Jesus casting out a mute demon and the crowd's response to this exorcism. We have to start out by remembering that not all demons are silent when they come face to face with Jesus. At the synagogue at Capernaum, Jesus drives out a spirit who immediately starts asking for mercy, immediately calls him the Holy One of God. In facing legion, the demon afflicting the man near the cliffs of Gadara, the demons that come out submit but ask to be sent into a local herd of swine who they drive over the cliff to drown in the ocean. In the seven or so exorcisms that are specifically mentioned in the Gospels and in the many others that are alluded to more generally, we get an overall sense that the demons recognize who Jesus is. And while they are reluctant, they are always obedient to his word of command. And that brings us to St. Luke's Gospel lesson this morning. Having exorcised the demon and the demon that comes out having been found silent, the crowd fills the silence. The crowd immediately starts to speak, to mutter, to murmur. But this crowd, made up of Jesus' own people, his own countrymen, and also the religious experts of the day, kind of scattered about, they all arrive instantly and at the completely wrong conclusion claiming that he was casting out demons by the power of some black magic driven by demonic power. They immediately start in with demands that Jesus prove that he's actually doing good and not evil. They want some further proof that this thing they've just witnessed is maybe actually from heaven. We miss it if we don't look closely at this moment right here, because the language that St. Luke uses for them seeking the sign, that word seeking that he uses, suggests in its grammatical sense that they're, they're sort of going to be endlessly be seeking, that there's no actual object to the thing that they're looking to find. That we are, what was being suggested to us is that there's no actual way to fulfill the desire that they're expressing. They're always seeking, never finding always conjecturing, always questioning, always scrutinizing, but never being persuaded. St. Luke doesn't miss the irony of this situation, where earlier in his own gospel, the demonic enemies of Christ were direct and immediate in identifying him as the Holy One of God and asking for mercy. This group of Christ's own people call him evil and oppose him. This situates them in a particular place. The very thing they accuse Jesus of being is something that the demons won't even accuse Jesus of being. Their demands for a sign, this endless seeking for further confirmation of an unsatisfiable opinion, 
is something that someone else asked for earlier in Luke's gospel. Someone else who tested Jesus by asking for signs of where he comes from. And that person was the devil in the temptation in the wilderness. Jesus responds to this scandal, this scandal of irony, by peeling back the veil of the world to show what is really happening there and what has always been the case. Heaven and hell are at war. The continuous exorcisms that characterize Jesus's ministry are a collective declaration that Satan is losing grip over the world that he has held in a reinforced and savagely occupied world since the fall of humanity. The strong man has met one stronger than him and is about to lose everything. Out of the shattered stronghold of the devil flee out the demons seeking for shelter against this overwhelming onslaught from heaven, finding their only brief temporary refuge in willing human souls. But now even that small rest is being stripped away through Christ's unrelenting campaign of exorcism. In this, we see a warning. No demon can resist being driven out by Christ. But a soul that has been delivered can still be reoccupied unless it is filled by something to replace it. And in this we learn that there's, it's not enough to just simply have an absence of evil in the soul. It is also necessary to fill it with goodness, to fill it with, as St. Paul would say, the spirit of God that confirms us as the children of God and fills us with the light of God. This cosmic vision that Christ unfolds comes to an incisive conclusion as Christ infers that while this unnamed person who has been delivered has indeed been healed, the onlooking crowd with all of its skepticism, all of its unpersuadable search for search scrutinizing and search for greater proof that they've revealed themselves to befitting homes for a fleeing devil who has gathered others with him and then returned. The gospel lets us sit with that for an uncomfortable moment with a burning question in our minds. How are we to avoid being vulnerable to the intrusions of a restless and brutal fleeing army of devils? There's a silence surrounding that question. And then someone else speaks. An unnamed woman from the crowd speaks up and does exactly the right thing. She prays. Blessed is your mother. It's the exact right thing. And while she may have meant it in the local idiom of the day, which would have meant something like, your mom must be really proud to have such a great son like you. Jesus takes it immediately and then brings it forward and extends it. Says, yes, and blessed is the one who hears the word of the Lord and keeps it. Because he sees to the heart of what is actually in that prayer. 
because it is referring back to something St. Luke has taken great pains earlier in his gospel to spell out for us because St. Luke is so attentive to the story of Mary, Jesus' mother. Because the word of the Lord did come to Mary. And she kept it. And she is blessed for it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. In this startling turn, we come back to Mary. After this startling scene, St. Luke sees the beauty here. Elizabeth hails Mary as the mother of her Lord. Mary, filled with the Spirit, responds to this with a prophetic declaration that all generations will call her blessed. And we see that already unfolding here in today's gospel lesson. She is the one who heard the word of the Lord in the Annunciation, who bore the word of God in the Incarnation, and who heard and kept the words of the word her son as she followed him to his passion. Behold is ever Mary's prayer, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. We need this at the center of Lent because it's not enough just to be emptied out of vice, of evil. We too must be like Mary. We must accept the word and keep it. We're faced with a decision and this decision is fraught by some questions. Are we like the crowd? Have we seen the miracles that indeed have taken place in our midst here and remain unconvinced? Are we holding something back here on the third Sunday of Lent because we don't think we've seen enough to be persuaded? Have we remained lukewarm in our loyalties, delivered but not yet decided? have to remember what we have received by the word of the Lord. We have received new life, the exorcism and cleansing of baptism. We have received the mind of God and the spirit of wisdom and strength at confirmation. We have received the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in Eucharist. We have received the profundity and wisdom of the scriptures delivered to us. We have received the great cloud of testimony from saints whose queen is Mary, the mother of God, exalted in the very humility that will save us today if we will follow after her as she follows after Christ. We are the children of God, the Father in Christ the Son, our brother, the home of the Holy Spirit. We lack nothing. We have received all things. And thus the road to the cross and the glory of resurrection lies before us. Blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.